Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome again to another episode of the Talk Architecture podcast. And here I am, Naziati Muhammad Yaakob, will be with you this today um, and discuss about the part two of theory and the design studio work. For part two, it is based on the content that was delivered on the 20th of June, 2021 at the uh, Clubhouse app, um, 8.30 event hosted by myself. And previous to this, part one, I discussed about the three factors that is involved in a design thesis project, namely site, type and issue. Uh, for today's session, um, I'll go deeper into this topic to discuss about the projects, um, what is a design thesis, why the site context issues driven approach or context specificity approach to be the, the approach that we go for and on, on the side, we will discuss about a diagram that I introduced even the first episode of Talk, Talk Architecture and subsequently discussed. And all of what we are discussing is to be used for um, compiling and writing uh, a book at the end of the year. Hopefully, we will publish it at the end of the year and share with everyone. Um, so in today's part two session, the topic is actually a design studio philosophy based on engaging with theory and practice. You can look at it in many ways. Further to the previous podcast discussion on site, type, and issues, the three main factors for design thesis projects. So tonight I shall discuss a design studio philosophy or approach that we find to be the best to use for design thesis at UM School of Architecture, taking account the year-long academic design studio program. So um, there are links to my Instagram at designsasve um, to see a diagram. And also for the first podcast that I did, a diagram which I also had published before in my blog, Life is a Design Thesis, and um, as mentioned earlier. So this discussion will evolve along the Design Thesis Studio Unit 2, which is led by Kevin Mautlow, an architecture designer, practitioner, myself as the full-time academic facilitator and moderator uh, of unit two, which is part of the design thesis studio, which I also helped to uh, facilitate and moderate with uh, Dr. Azam Ismail. And, and there is Lisa Fu as well with us in unit two, uh, a practitioner, and three of us are involved um, and engaged with the student every week um, during the year long academic year. Uh, in particular for the 2018 to 19 batch and also the 2019-2020 batch. 
So um, as mentioned before about the design thesis, which is final project for the, which is often at the end of the Master of Architecture course um, that last year as a testimony of competence. So that we'll talk about that later. So again, we ask the question why, why do we finally consider, um, this is some of us having this opinion that the site context issues driven project as the best formula for the design thesis learning experience for the students. I shall go into the history of how we arrive at this formula later. Um, this seems, this um, approach seems to be unacceptable by the department as it is based on multiple viewpoints. This was discussed by Kevin Mutlow in a recent session with Taylor's University's design school called the Troublemakers. And um, this idea of multiple viewpoints is important to have in a school of architecture, rather than just one viewpoint, because uh, this multiple viewpoint, it seems, is not contributing to a group teaching expectations using themes and follow a certain guideline, but it's based on a teaching that allows students of architecture to explore urban design and master planning as part of its complexities. I would say this publicly to this extent, because as doing the latter would not be about architecture and would be somewhat against um, the uh, authority or the, um, the registration board guidelines that architects must design buildings and the complexities is about building com complexities and the technical issues relating to the building well, it has to be at least a certain number of stories high with enough challenges for the students to deal with the structure and services. But our argument is that the complexities of designing a street environment has its own complexities as well. And tonight, although um, in this podcast, we just note that and that debate could be ongoing and, and will be taking a lot of our time. So we will not go into this issue in depth. We just note it down and we go back to why do we do the context specificities, um, site context, issues driven approach again, why? So in, as, as mentioned, the, the, the learning experience for the students um, is limited to, to a year. A year long. That is one big factor. What what can they learn in that one year that will, you know, prov uh, will make them be confident to uh, face uh, the employment thereafter? Yeah, to be, to face the industry, to face the first year of being employed. So uh, the second issue is testimony of competence. The third is um, theory applied through practice. And that this is the best uh, way for theory to be applied to practice right until the end. And also this approach provide confidence to start the graduate architect with a strong approach because it's complete. It, and this is the point that I'm going to go next, which is the, the fifth point, the ability for the student, student to get to detailed design stage as early as week number three in semester two. And average, the student will get to week number five to do detailed design in earnest, or at least the latest week number seven in the 14 weeks of semester two. 
And the last factor is, uh, the sixth factor is design problems focus on the site issues are less hypothetical. <clears throat> so it's really all of them are, um, all these six points actually uh, lead on to each other, right? For example, the design problems focus on the site issues, which is less hypothetical, is has more chance of theory being applied through practice. And it's not only theory. So yes, please refer to the first diagram that was posted on the first podcast. And I will give an insight to uh, a recap on this diagram. This diagram was created um, uh, because I, I wanted to write uh, draw a diagram that reflect on um, how uh, online teaching would affect the design stages. And it was based on a design thesis uh, curriculum at University of Malaya. And um, at first, when I, I did this diagram, number one, two, three, and four, which relates to design brief, site visit, site analysis, research program, is something that as a group, if you have a group of students studying an area like we did in Kampung Krinci and PJ Old Town, um, they, it will be a much more resourceful, meaning, and you identify the sites amongst them and um, then take on the projects of these different sites by different students. And this is an eight week course. The first, they call it pre-thesis course during special semester. And thereafter, number four, sorry, five, six, and seven during this, the first semester is where students will go into the site planning, the design strategy, and schematic design stage, and some bits of design development. And this is where the weekly, twice a week, desk crit, group crit that we do with Kevin and Lisa and myself with the students. Um, and interim crits, uh, about four to five of them per semester with in, um, people from the industry or guest critics. A similar sort of a way approach is also being done in the second semester with number eight, nine, and 10, which is design development, detailed design, and special studies. So you can see that there is a 30, 36 weeks program, yeah, a year-long year -long academic program. And thereafter, given time during the special uh, uh, second semester is the production drawings and presentation, obviously, the examination. The design process ends after special studies. Or it's not a linear thing, really. It's iterative. It goes back in a loop, you know, feedback loop, and students will go into design development right until the end. It's not only just finish with special studies, but this, uh, this shows all the things that one has to go through in the design process. And I've applied this as well, uh, to, uh, that this also occur in all the other studio design projects. And this reflect a lot of the practice, the practice side of things, Although it is said that 20% of what we do in practice is design, the rest is project management and so on, but design is the thing that architects can do that others can't. So it's our bread and butter 
And at the end of the day, if we get it down right, then the rest will follow whether project management or anything else um, that we do uh, when we are employed. So enough of the diagram, I should go more into what I would like to explain. Uh, and another thing that you could refer to is umarchitecture.net. Yes, I would like uh, for you to, um, I would like you to look into umarchitecture, one word, .net, which is the website that shows the work of students of architecture in the 2019-2020 batch. If you were to go to that, click on Muse Studio and you will find um, the projects and click on Unit 2. Unit two here is described as a site issue-based design thesis. It's based on a residential area called Pataling Jaya, which is a satellite town that serves as a neighborhood for people to live in, um, that they can go to Kuala Lumpur next, very nearby, to serve Kuala Lumpur, the capital city. And it was established in 1950s at the time when Malaysia achieved independence in 1957. And in this um, site context, issues-driven design approach, there is opportunity to resolve the issues of abandoned houses, underused and dilapidated buildings, lack of community centers, and uninspiring urban condition by focusing on the community facilities project proposed, such as the market, the bus terminal, library, sports center, school, college, university, hospital, religious building, community center, and the recreational areas in a transformation agenda of a master plan in urban design oriented to urban architecture solutions, rejuvenating and regenerating spaces by elevating the existing programs and adding relevant new ones. So, so the, the projects I mentioned are the ones that the student tackled. So you can click to enter unit, two, unit two's list of thesis project, individual projects, um, and the project types dealt with the conceptual framework, including educational, social, cultural, communal, healthcare, and rehabilitation, business and economy, transportation, recreational, intergenerational, and some students were even challenged into making the monsoon drain areas of existing pedestrian passages and linkages and the low-lying areas with better technical solutions in terms of resolving flooding problems. Other problems such as lack of connectivity, accessibility, safety, and security were resolved by continuous introspection of the issues verified and validated by the team of studio masters. External critics and experts invited throughout the year long. Design thesis studio programs, I had mentioned this earlier, and please do click on, and you can compare a unit two with unit one, which is, as I said here, more issue-based design architecture. We mentioned about this different types of uh, uh, projects. So back to 
the point that we're trying to make earlier regarding um, this um, studio. It'd be great if you could look at the projects and you can see that the pro when the students went to the project in the, sem uh, the special semester, in the beginning, in the first two weeks, they would they would uh, identify sites and they would say, okay, I'd like to do the school, I'd like to do the market, I'd like to do the terminal, I'd like to do this site, and went around justifying the, the program, obviously, and um, investigating the site. In the semester one, they go deeper into it. Um, at the end of the year, they, they, they're supposed to find all the design problems Sometimes they find a lot of problems. Sometimes they don't have enough problems to resolve. So um, ish, the issues or the, about the building type can be found, especially with what's happening to on site itself and the investigation on maybe um, um, how a re adaptive re reuse of the existing building could create a certain um, idea or and they could create their own design problems as you know it. And one particular student, which was doing the vertical shared space of an existing nine to 10 story building, um, dismantle a lot of uh, the, furnish, uh, the finishes and leaving only the main structure intact with the lift shaft and creating a community center, but um, and uh, there are some commercial and retail and uh, housing for uh, workers, low budget housing uh, for migrant workers and students um, to the nearby UITM campus by, that is done by another student. And um, so it is interesting that he used all this material that is from demolished buildings around the area collect them and reuse them for this building. So the idea is a bit far-fetched in a way that how do you know this material will be strong and all that. He, he actually managed to go and show a complete building reusing all these materials, uh, the railings, the windows, the doors, um, and creating them into screens, you know, a variety of things really. Um, and, and adding, Obviously he had to add things as well. And it was something that is a prototype in a way of, a, of how do you regenerate? How do you reuse an existing building that is defunct or not be able to, to serve its function having very low capacity? And this building was built in the seventies or the eighties and it is not suitable anymore for what it was before. Um, uh, so he, 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 he's dealing with something that is happening a lot in the urban centers in Malaysia. So, so that was interesting. And um, it's basically a vertical park and he stopped putting a lot of these pocket spaces that eventually go up and up and up, you know, in, in, different, in different levels. The, low, the lower floors... Um, uh, serve the older persons, older persons meaning there is pharmacy, there is rehabilitation, medicine centers and stuff like that for them to access easily. 
and hobby clubs in the other floors for the different generations, multi-generational aspects to it. So you see, he took a tower, he analyzed the tower, he studied the area, he came up with a program, and then the architectural design problem he tried to go and attend to, uh, adaptive reuse, and all these things, all in the, in the time of one year long project. And you can only do this if you, the, the team of uh, studio masters is dedicated to questioning and questioning and questioning and the team of um, industry and critique coming from outside, they would also um, question those things as well. So it has to be a collaborative in a way. Um, and that's what we found out from the students, 13 students from the previous batch and this batch we, uh, we interviewed and it is found that the collaboration between the student and the studio master's team is from 30% to 50%. It could be 50-50 and they feel fine about it because they feel satisfied with the outcome of the project right into detail design. So the most independent was 30%. There is no uh, uh, 0% in terms of they did not collaborate or it's totally their work. Meaning it's okay because collaboration is part of the learning experience and we're interested in it and they're interested in it. And it's like something that this sort of skill is very important when they go out and they collaborate with other people. They see the, um, the good thing or the positive thing about being in collaboration with others. This is what we want the student to do anyway to pick up that skill and not just work things on their own. So to me, that is one of the one of the success of this design approach or studio design approach or philosophy. So I will end this, uh, this session with a summary on, of all the six things that we mentioned just now, uh, why we do this design studio approach is the testimony of competence because theory and practice goes hand in hand and the learning experience for the student of architecture should reflect theory and practice that goes hand in hand as we know it architecture today is losing its way you don't know to differentiate anymore between architecture and building compared to what is defined by previous generation in the last century in particular, in the beginning with the likes of Le Corbusier, Ms. van der Rohe, you very clearly understand what architecture is and what is building. Uh, historian Nicholas Fevsner also talk a lot about this if you read. Well, is it about the role of the architect that we are trying to find out here? Is it about how architecture has changed in lieu of the construction property industry one thing is certain, however, that, our, that the architect takes the lead in the consultation process, the design process from the beginning right until it is built. So some fundamentals are still there. So the studio program reflects what happened in practice later on in a sense that the fundamentals is there, you know. However, there are a lot to explore more, obviously as reflected in the diagram that we mentioned earlier. 
So in employment or in practice, the design process is different than the design process in school, though the fundamentals are the same. That, and again, I would mention that someone said we only do 20% of design and practice as much uh, uh, and more is on project management, for example. But that is not the debate here, obviously. It's all about the fundamentals of the design process and how we have to master it and how it is our forte, our core, our bread and butter of being an architect, which is the designer. So in school, we can control in such a way that there is no big time developer coming in to dictate things or just basically say, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. So in architecture school, it is like a preparation for the real world. The architectural course was designed for the architecture graduate, which is to fulfill, fulfill the role of the architect. In a gist, the architect still takes the lead in the consultation process, hence the need to master the fundamentals. In theory and practice, this has been taught together in architecture school, more so in a final year design thesis project, which is what I had focused on in the, today's session. So this one year long final project, what is it about? So I mentioned about who is involved so that the student achieved the desired learning experience, the tutors team and the critique coming from the industry. So at the end of the day, we're talking about a student who is doing a test and a testimony of competence at the end of his five years of architecture. And what is this testimony of competence? What is that competence? What is that knowledge and why that set of skills? So we know from the first year, second year, third year, and fourth year, they were building up the skills and knowledge. And now we have the fifth year. To be challenged and to have the experience of learning, a learning experience that able to fulfill this need for this set of competence skills. So it is really up to the student if they want to fulfill whatever expectations um, and it is basically their own expectation that is more important than anybody else's expectations, really. What sort of, how prepared you are you going to be in uh, going into employment. So therefore, at first, you need to measure up with, uh, to your peers and what exactly the expectation is so that you can understand the context that you are in, actually. So this team of studio masters is important. So when we talk about design thesis, this four years uh, of ex previous experience and tackling one more year to prove the competency and skills, that is the testimony of competence. We, I did mention about the history, the history of how this came about, and maybe I will talk about it in some other time. But for now, um, yes, the history is important how at the end of the day we did this, we come up to this course. And I think I will, um, yeah, I'll do it in the next podcast because this one is all we need to say. And have a look at the um, that website, umarchitecture.net, uh, unit, unit, um, unit two. And have a read at my blog, Life is a Design Thesis. There's some of the projects there. And 
if you want to know more about what had happened, what had transpired, what had evolved throughout the years, the blog was created in 2007-2008 and actually charts the journey in a way um, of what happened, but it's, it's just stories that are told and um, and, and it, it, may, it evolved. It, the way I was thinking in 2007, 2008 was different. And at a certain point in 2016, when we create, uh, tried to do the, the site context issues-driven projects with that batch of students, um, is when it started really and how in 2009 and 10, we had one of our um, ex-student, her name is Cheryl Kwan. She, when she did it, the first time a site context issues driven project and we were, we did not know what to do with her because we were doing the issues and the type sort of projects uh, uh, for the, the year before. So we were used to a certain design thesis project that everybody expects that way. And um, so when we experimented on this approach, um, it led to these two batches, which is the closest to what we wanted, it, how we wanted it to happen. So that's why I'd like you to look at umarchitecture.net and um, Meal Studio Unit 2. And thank you for listening in. Thank you again for your appreciation of this podcast. I hope you can continue to listen to more. And I, I would like to do an interview with Sheryl Kwan. And there's another interview with another ex-student who's doing on his own. So there are more of people who have been out from uh, Design Thesis Studio um, uh, at least about 10 years to, to, to 15 years, even 20 years. I mean, you know, quite a number of years already, those who graduated and they will be talking about architecture education. Shall we hope? So I really hope that you could continue listen to this podcast. Appreciate your support. Thank you very much.